Right, so um, before we start, I'm just going to ask you to say a prayer for me. Um, but I'm not going to lie, I wish I was talking to you tonight about St. Mary from personal experience, like the many people that I know, or at least heard of. Um, but in all honesty, I'm just starting my relationship with her. Um, and as ashamed as I am to say that, I'm also glad to be able to say that, because it's never too late to build a relationship with your mother, regardless of um, how late it might be. Um, it's important, so you're never out of time. Um, don't get me wrong, I obviously knew and know St. Mary, right? Um, like all of you have asked for her prayers and her intercessions many times. Um, I've praised her, I've glorified her, I've venerated her, and even fasted her fast a few times. Um, but these things I mostly did because either, you know, my parents, seeing my parents growing up, or my family, um, you know, every time I've, I've, somebody's in trouble, they always say Yadra, right? Uh, as I'm sure you guys have heard that. Um, or growing up in Egypt, right? St. Mary's fast was super, super big deal. And the common phrase was even Muslims fasted. I'm sure you guys have heard of that as well. Um, and also just watching people. Uh, and one of the things that always stood out to me in watching people was their passion for St. Mary. Um, and that is never, never more evident then if you're a deacon holding the icon of St. Mary going around the church of the Buna. Um, if you're a deacon, you know what I'm talking about. There is no one dangerous than a tunt whose road is blocked to try to touch the icon of St. Mary. I've seen um, tons of uncles that could barely walk, stand up, push people out of the way just to be able to get the blessing of St. Mary's icon. Um, I've seen um, people tell me to Alehena or come here uh, to be able to just touch the icon. Um, I've seen it all, and if you're a deacon, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but public confession, when I was younger, I just wanted to be annoying, and sometimes I would just walk away from people, and they weren't too happy with me. Uh, but in all seriousness, as much as I admired people's passion for St. Mary, I, I never quite understood what the big deal of touching an icon was, right? Just at the, at the end of the day, an icon is just a picture of a saint, right? Wrong. Wrong. And that's what I've come to find out. So what I've come to find out is an icon is just so much more than just a picture. Okay? I, I won't get into a talk about iconography or anything like that because that could be a whole talk on its own. But an icon tells the story of a saint's life or who the saint is. Okay? It makes what's invisible about their life visible to us. Uh, and that's why we call Christ the icon of God the Father. Right? We say, um, and that's why when Philip asked Christ to show them the Father, Christ said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Okay, so an icon, that's why we call Christ the icon of God. So if you think of, you know, so in icons, it's what's, made, what's invisible is made visible to us. Okay, meaning when we stare at an icon, it should, you know, we should be able to see the hidden virtues about each saint's life. Okay, an offer gives us, an icon gives us a spiritual window into their life and what's hidden about their life. Okay, um, they're meant for us to contemplate on the life of the saints and to get into a prayerful and a repentant frame of mind. Okay? It makes us, it's, their aim is to get us to be zealous for the same virtues that these saints had and lived by. Um, think of icons as the spiritual, the spiritual Instagram okay, of the spiritual life. So Instagram gives us a glimpse of what other people are doing, right? Um, whether they're ex experiencing something or eating something, vacationing somewhere, you're able to kind of see what they're doing, right, even though you're not with them. Um, and usually when we see this post, what happens is that we end up trying to be 
like them, we're trying to do the same thing. Like if you think of an influencer, for example. So someone's posting about a sushi place, I want to go to that same sushi place. Or if somebody's vacationing, you know, I start planning my vacation, right? Or somebody's doing something uh, like a really cool activity, I start kind of wanting to do the same. So, um, so in that sense, Icon are the spiritual Instagram, right? In the, in the, in the sense that they offer us a, spiritual, uh, a window into the spiritual lives of the saints. So when we see the lives of the saints, kind of like when we see the influencers, right? We, want to, we would want to emulate them. Um, it's important to mention that we don't venerate icons it's themselves, right? But we honor the saint that the icon portrays, and we worship the Holy Spirit who worked in their lives, okay? Um, and ask him to also come and guide us and to fill us, okay? So, um, so we don't worship icons, despite what may people, people might think or may say if they see us on the outside. Uh, but we venerate the saint, and we worship the Holy Spirit who worked in the lives of the saints. Um, so why am I talking about, about icons and all that? By God's grace tonight, I want to be able to meditate with you on the icon of St. Mary and how when we look at it, we can learn so much about who St. Mary is and how she lived her life. Not just learn, but by the grace of God, try to emulate and live that same, same life. Um, because she, you know, aside from Christ, she's the ultimate model for us to follow. And it's tangible because, you know, she's, we, we have very, a lot of us are very close to her. Um, so if we look at the icon of St. Mary, I have one behind me, the one over there, there is much more than meets the eye, right? At a glance, she's just sitting on a throne holding Christ, no big deal. But if we stop for a bit and kind of just contemplate on the icon itself, we see the hidden beauty of St. Mary's life uh, that's made visible to us. Okay, so um, there's a lot to cover because icons in general are very, very deep in, in, in different ways because different, icon, different colors in the icon uh, mean different things. Uh, the size of facial features, for example, mean different things. But for the sake of time, I just by God's grace, hopefully we can just meditate on three things um, that when we look at the icon of St. Mary, we're, we're reminded of and try to uh, live out in our lives. So... For starters, we see in the icon of St. Mary, in the icon is that she's holding Christ. Okay? Obviously, she bore Christ, who is God, and that's why we honor, praise, and venerate her. Um, she has many, many virtues, humility, patience, silence, uh, obedience, and so on. But first and foremost, she's the mother of God. Right? That's where she gets all her praise, all her glory from. Um, and that's why you'll never see an icon of St. Mary in the Coptic Church without Christ in it. Okay? Every time you look at St. Mary, you'll find Christ. So what does St. Mary holding Christ mean to me personally? So if I want to, be, if I want to live like St. Mary, I also have to, Christ, I have to carry Christ with me at all times. Okay? Um, wherever I go, whatever I do, um, whoever I talk to, I interact with, Christ should always be with me. Okay? Um, I am his temple, okay? so he should be with me at all times. We don't start our day without him. We don't start work without him. We don't start school without him. Um, we don't start eating without him, right? We don't make decisions without him. We don't interact with other people, especially when we're having difficult conversations with others. We don't, we don't not bring him in, right? We always try to involve him as much as possible. So, you know, we're supposed to, for those of us who drive, we're supposed to carry our driver's license everywhere we go, right? So how much more should we be carrying Christ with us from who we get our true identity from, okay? Um, when the people of Israel were in the desert, they wouldn't move anywhere until God moved with them. Okay, so in Numbers 9.17 it says, Wherever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, after that the children of Israel would journey. And in the place where the cloud settled, 
there the children of Israel would pitch their tents, right? So you could see what a life with Christ is like, what a life with God is like, that I don't go anywhere without Him, right? He, he's the one that's leading the way in my life and everything that I do. Um, in the story of Ruth, also in the Old Testament, when Naomi told her to go back to her home, she's like, you know, right? She come, you just go back home and everything. Ruth responded and said to her, Entreat me not to leave you or turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go, and wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also, if anything but death parts me from you. Okay? So this is the attitude that I need to implement in my life when it comes to my relationship with Christ. Okay? So that wherever He goes, I go. Right? Wherever He stays, I stay. I'm stuck to Him and He's stuck to me. We're tethered. Okay? Um, he's a part of me. You know when you tether your Bluetooth, right? And when you go far away, it just disconnects if, you're, if you have AirPods or what have you. It's the same thing with our relationship. When we fall away from God, when we're far away from God, we disconnect from Him, right? So we need to tether ourselves to Him. So wherever He goes, I go. And wherever I go, I take Him with me. Um, obviously, Christ is always with us in whatever we do and wherever we go, right? He never abandons us or forsakes us even for a second. Um, but I'm referring to more of our role in the process of actively bringing him in, right? There's a difference between um, inviting, being invited to your house and inviting myself over to your house, okay? So think of somebody when somebody's having a, big, a special occasion. You feel much more special when they're inviting you as opposed to saying, hey, I heard you're having this. You know, let me come over, all right? I'm gonna, I know, or I'm going to come over. So we have a special, uh, it's, it's a lot more special when we are invited somewhere, right? And it's the same with Christ, right? Christ is not going to invite himself into our hearts. We have to bring him into our lives, into our hearts, and everything that we do. Um, so an active, an active, actively carry him with us. So just like we don't find an icon of St. Mary without Christ, okay, we shouldn't go anywhere without Christ. And others should not see us without Christ. Nor would we want to be seen without Christ, okay? Because it's Christ that gives us our identity, our true self, anything that's good within us, okay? So that's one thing we could take away from her. The second thing we could learn from St. Mary's by contemplating, uh, by contemplating on the icon is her hand placement. So if you look at her hand placement, some icons you will find her hand st- stretched out, okay? And some hands, and some icons you'll find her hands kind of on Christ himself. The, the position where her hand is spread symbolizes her continued prayers and intercessions for us, okay? And then the icon where she has her hand on Christ, she's telling us that the only way to salvation is through Christ, right? So she's kind of pointing to him. In either case, it deals with our salvation, okay? Now, what can I take away from this personally? Um, It means that I also need to lead other people to salvation, okay? Um, I'm not going to save them. That's Christ's job, right? But I am... I am called to play a role in their salvation. Okay, St. Anthony says, our life and death is with our neighbor. Um, and I'm nobody to St. Anthony, but I'm just going to tweak that slightly and say that my neighbor's life or death is with me. Okay? So when we think about it this way, it becomes a lot more personal. It becomes a lot more of a, I don't want to say a burden, but it's a burden, right? Of like, I have to do this. I have to do this because somebody else's salvation is dependent on me. Um, so if I'm called to love my neighbor... Shouldn't I also be desiring their, their salvation as badly as mine? If I am, shouldn't I be praying also for everyone's salvation as badly as I'm praying for mine? Um, that's not to say that 
I compromise my own salvation. Okay? But it's to say that we need to pray for other people's salvation, um, to take an interest in their spiritual progress, to have, an interactive, to, to have an active role in their walk with Christ. And that could be done through prayer. Okay? Um, a wonderful example of this is St. Is Paul. So if you look at all his epistles, they're always filled with prayers for everybody. Always. Okay? I don't think there's an epistle where he doesn't pray for people. And he's not praying for them to be rich or healthy or wealthy or anything material. Right? But he's praying for them. He thanks God for them. Right? He's praying for, their, um, them, for them to increase in wisdom and in knowledge. He's praying for them to be filled with hope. He's, he's, he's praying for them to live in purity. He's praying for them to live in unity. He's praying for them to abide in love. Um, ultimately, he's praying for them to abide in Christ because he knows that if they abide in Christ, then their salvation is set. Okay? And we don't even need to really go back to St. Paul. We could look at our modern-day saints who are living this life. I think Abuna Joseph shared this story with us before, but um, uh, Father Lazarus and Antoni, right? when he was asked about prayer, he said, in, he said, in, in, um, in me, all mankind lives. Okay? So if, if I pray, all mankind prays. And if I don't pray, all mankind turns away from God. Okay? So if we think like this, if we have the same attitude, we'll, then we'll feel a greater sense of responsibility um, to pray for others, for them to abide in Christ. That's what we're also called to do. And we're called to pray for others in the same way. There's nothing that says that I'm here to serve you more than me praying for you. Right? There's nothing that says, there's nothing more that says I care about you more than me praying for, other, for you to abide in Christ. There's nothing that says more, says that I love you more than pre, me praying for your salvation. Okay? Um, so the best thing about this too is that we don't have to be an abuna or a servant or anybody to hold any type of position in the church to do this. Just being a member of Christ's body entitles us to this responsibility. And it's a responsibility that we can't forsake because this is a part of our role as Christians, right? as, as members of the body of Christ. Also in this way, we, we follow in the footsteps of St. Mary. St. Mary never ceases to pray for her children, for us, because what more can a mother want than for her kids to abide in Christ, for them to have salvation, right? So if she prayed for people to have wine at a wedding, She's praying much, much more for us to actually have salvation. Okay? So in that sense, we strive to be like her as well by praying for others. So we spoke about carrying Christ with us in everything that we do, like St. Mary. We spoke about praying for others and for other salvation like St. Mary. Um, the third thing that we could take away from the icon of St. Mary is having a spiritual eye like hers. Okay, so if you look at icons, it's a little bit hard to look at our, this icon if you're far away. But if you tend to look at icons in general, the eyes tend to be wide and large. Um, and that's, this symbolizes the spiritual eye. Okay? Um, so we could expand on that a little bit more. When Christ taught, he said, the lamp of the body is the eye. If, you're, if your eye is good, your whole body is good. And if your eye is bad, your whole body is bad. Right? But when, Christ, when we first read these verses, you know, what comes to our mind is that God's talk, you know, Christ is talking about my physical eye. But Christ is talking more about the spiritual eyes, right? Um, and that's like more of how I perceive things around me. Uh, it's a spiritual perception that we have to everything that's going on and, and towards the people that I'm around. So for example, if someone is doing something wrong, am I able to see past that and see Christ in the person? Okay? If someone makes a decision that I disagree with, 
do I jump at the first opportunity to criticize that person, or do I try to see Christ in the person? Um, you know, I'm, this is a personal confession. I'm, I'm so, sometimes so quick to criticize others, but I don't even bother looking for Christ in the person, right? You know, we're all made on His image and His likeness, so He has to be in that person somewhere. Um, he allows for situations to happen in our lives, so He has to be in that situation. He has to be glorified in that situation somehow. Um, so just the other day, I, I came across something that somebody shared that puts this in a, in a very, very beautiful way. Um, he shared that St. Paisios, when, he would, when people would complain to him about certain people in their life or difficult situations, uh, he said he would tell them to be like a bee and not like a fly. What do I mean by that? He said that if you ask a fly if there are any flowers around, they'll say, we don't know about any flowers, but there's a lot of trash around, and we could show you right where they are. Now, if you were to ask a bee, is there any trash in the area? They'll say, we don't know about any trash, but there's a lot of flowers in the area, and they'll start showing you where all the flowers are. So, in that he says, people will either be flies or bees, right? That means people will either be concentrating on the bad and the ugly, or on the good, okay? So, it's all about our perception. It's all about our perception. So it's not a matter of God being hidden in the person or in the situation. It's a matter of the health of my spiritual eyes. Um, I need to train my eyes to look, to always look for the good in people. To always look at the good in the, every situation, as difficult as it may be. Uh, I could only see Christ if my eyes are fixed on Christ. Okay, meaning that if I take my eyes off of Him, then I'll always see the bad in others um, or in the situations. But when my eyes are fixed on Christ, I have no choice but to look at Christ. Okay. Um, and then from there, my eyes become pure, my heart becomes pure, my thoughts become pure, because I'm looking at the source of purity himself. It takes, obviously, prayer, and it takes shifting our thoughts, uh, it takes shifting our minds and fixing our eyes on Christ himself to be able to do that and to attain. It's a, it's a virtue, it's a virtue, but it takes many, many years of practice. Uh, and there's another story that I came across the other day about St. Pelagia, who is a saint in the Eastern Orthodox Church. So she was a very, very beautiful woman, but she lived a life of sin, okay? Um, and one day as she was passing church, she was wearing very revealing clothing, and people saw her and kind of turned their eyes just as to not to look at her, but the bishop who was residing at the church saw her and prayed for her, and then he said, look at this woman. She spends so much time making herself beautiful for men, but we don't even spend as much time as hers, not even a few minutes, to make ourselves beautiful for God. Okay, so he he's taken something that was so negative, right, and turned it into a positive for him and for him and for others as well, because he chose to look at the light, right. When others saw darkness, he saw light, because he saw Christ in the person. As a side note, she ended up obviously repenting and is known as Saint Pelagia, the repentant in the in the Eastern Orthodox Church. And if we were to look, if we were to look at our church and look at Saint Mary, she also used her spiritual eyes to see past the events of the crucifixion, okay? She looked at something that must have been so heart-wrenching, so heartbreaking, so difficult for her as a mother to look at, okay? Um, but she saw the beauty of it because her eyes were fixed on Christ. So in the ninth hour, we pray, uh, when the mother saw the lamb and the shepherd, the savior of the world, hung on the cross, she said while weeping, the world rejoices in receiving salvation, while my heart burns as I look at your, at your crucifixion, which, are your, which you, you are enduring for the sake of all, my son and my God. So again, you see how 
the saints and the people who have eyes for things, <laughs> for Christ and for things past this world, are looking at events as ugly as they are. Okay? Um, so St. Mary, in the midst of the crucifixion, saw the what and the why Christ was doing what he was doing. Okay? Um, even though it must have been very, very difficult for her. And if you have kids, you know how hard it is to see your kid fall down. So imagine your kid being crucified. Okay? So it must have been very, very hard for her. But still, she saw what is to come. She saw the purpose and the reason behind it. because She saw Christ himself. So I know it's sometimes very difficult to find Christ in difficult people and in difficult situations. But he's always there. We're just going to have to try harder to find him. He's diligently found by those who seek him. Okay? So we have to seek him diligently. And like I mentioned earlier, it takes a lot of prayer and it takes a lot of diligence and a lot of retraining and reshaping our minds to look for Christ so that we could only have eyes for him. Okay? Um, and trust me, I don't speak to this out of expertise. I struggle with this every single day. So I'm asking for your prayers, but I'm just trying to share what I am personally working on and how I'm trying to practice this virtue myself. Um, we can probably go for another few hours on contemplating on the hidden meetings of the icon of St. Mary. But we'll, we'll stop here for tonight, and I pray that through St. Mary's intercessions that we are carrying Christ with us in everything that we do, that we are praying for other salvation, that we are like bees, are always looking for the good in others and in people. And more importantly, that we're ultimately, for us to be living icons of Christ himself. And glory be to God forever. Amen.